Good evening. Please take your Bibles tonight to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at a familiar passage on Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ the righteous. It is so good to have a friend and Savior of sinners in heaven at the right hand of the Father, who ever liveth to make intercession for us. 1 John chapter 2. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. This book is a great book on abiding in Christ and fellowship with God. And it deals with how to have fullness of joy, recognizing that we have and can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, I believe there were some that John's talking to who believed they had no sin. They're self-deceived. The truth was not in them. There were probably others who would admit their sin and were probably overwhelmed by sin, maybe ready to quit. You ever felt like that? And they fell into despondency and discouragement, maybe wondered if they were even Christians. John addresses this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, when he says, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Remember when I was a little boy, we had a family member give us one of those <clears throat> punching bags, weighted at the bottom. It was almost as tall as we were as boys. And as often as you just socked that punching bag as hard as you could, it would bounce right back at you. And it was a lot of fun. But sometimes God's people can get to feeling like that. Like sin, as many times as we see victory over it through the power of Jesus Christ and Christ in us, it feels like it just keeps rising up again. And it knocks us down sometimes. Pressing toward the mark always, we feel knocked down over and over again. Well, here are some, here are some great truths tonight that all revolve around Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know, it's, it's, uh, this passage says that we have an advocate. And I'd like to just talk about the advocate before we get to our points tonight. The word advocate is paraclete. It's the one who comes alongside, is called alongside. And Jesus said in John 14, I will pray the Father... And he shall give you another comforter, meaning another one just like me. Just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit would be sent. And that word comforter, or advocate, it can be very technical. Beyond just meaning a friend or a comforter, it can also mean a lawyer or one who gives counsel. Um, this would be someone who you would explain your case to this person in full, and they would listen and then take your case before the court, before the judge, and the advocate would represent you down in the courtroom before the elders. Well, in John's day, when he wrote this, it could be used technically of a, of a defense attorney, but it was more often used as someone who represented you or sponsored you or spoke for you, a friend, not just a professional, but one who carried some weight and was well-respected. And if people wouldn't listen to you, perhaps they would listen to him, your advocate, 
because this person cared for you. They were not in it just for the money. They wanted your best. Sometimes we'll have a son come down, a little boy come down from upstairs, and uh, there'll be tears or there'll be a story that's told. So-and-so did something to me, Papa, will you help? And they want me to go up and um, deal with the other person. And um, this could be the advocate. They're looking for an advocate. Well, I want to ask you to turn over quickly to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Because we see that Jesus is our high priest. He's also our elder brother with our needs on his heart, sponsoring us, speaking for us in heaven. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. He says, This is a reason to continue on to be steadfast, to hold fast. Because you have a high priest who's, who's died for you, been buried, risen for you, and ascended and is at the right hand of God. You know, there's nothing that I have that can commend myself to God. There's nothing in me that gives me standing in heaven, but the judge will hear Jesus, our great high priest. It's as though Jesus stands before the Father and says, Father, these have sinned, but I have paid the price for their sin. I have borne the brunt of your wrath that was against them and against their sins, so you who are faithful and just may forgive them for my sake. They cannot be condemned. They cannot be cursed, because I have been cursed for them. Father, look upon them with favor and with blessing that I earned on their behalf. That's why the Bible says in verse 14 of Hebrews 4, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. And it goes on, verse 16, and says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. One of the reasons we have such great access in prayer, the really the reason, is because our high priest has opened the way for us, seeing that we have a great high priest. Verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Oh, what a great verse. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I I wonder if I can illustrate this, that Jesus Christ is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted, like we are, but he never sinned. If I can illustrate this by use of the idea of a pain tolerance. Some of you have a very high pain tolerance. Some have not so high. Um, If I think of a friend of mine who had such a high pain, high pain tolerance and such a low budget that he had teeth problem, and so he used pliers and pulled all of his own teeth um, with his own hands, his own grip, all the way back to the molars. This this is awful to, to consider. Some of the teeth broke off, but he ended up getting them all anyway. Well, imagine that you and I are in a room. Maybe there's three of us, you and I and one other person. And you have a very high pain tolerance, and perhaps I have a mid-level pain tolerance, and the other individual has almost no pain tolerance. So as all three of us, the pain begins to go up in the room, the other one in the room with a small pain tolerance 
he just he he begins to he begins to tears are coming in his eyes. He's turning red and he passes out. A few minutes late, later, as the pain tolerance goes up, I can't take it anymore. I'm biting my tongue, and before long, my eyes roll back in my head, and I pass out. You're the only one left standing. The pain is getting worse and worse and worse, and finally, you also succumb to the pain, and you pass out. All three of us. Well, imagine Jesus Christ, who whose pain tolerance is through the roof without limits, and he endures the full amount of pain beyond what the first individual had, beyond what I could tolerate, beyond what even you could tolerate. And his the pain went up higher and higher and higher. He, he withstood all and more than any of us. In the same way, Jesus Christ was tempted in all points and beyond, beyond, in every way. And he, without sinning, one person sins at a, as a, at a very simple level. Another person is tempted more and more, and they sin. And another person tempted for years, and finally they fall. Jesus never fell, was tempted in all points. And because we have a Savior who is in heaven for us, a great high priest, he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Because we have a high priest who was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, who knows exactly what we're going through, he says, we have boldness of entrance. We have what an advocate we have at the right hand of the Father. It's my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. All of our hope of acceptance with the Father rides on Jesus, and we are complete in him. Number one, I want to point out about our advocate. He is an advocate for first century apostles and 21st century believers. Jesus Christ, he is an advocate for first century apostles and 21st century believers. I believe this is right in the scripture. The Bible says in, back in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, My little children, these things write I, the Apostle John speaking, unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, any man sin, we have an advocate. He is not saying that apostles have advocates. He says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He is saying, John the Apostle is saying, that we first century apostles, and everyone else who has trusted Christ, we have an advocate. Yes, apostles and 21st century believers. I wonder if you've ever come to church, maybe when you were earlier on as a child of God, or maybe even recently, and you looked around and wondered what you're doing there. There's so many Christians who are so advanced or walking with God. Seems like their lives are all in order. Do they ever struggle with anything? And there you sit, living uncomfortably with yourself, and the reality of all your problems, having the backstage view of your own life, knowing who you really are, and really the reality of your troubles just settle in too often. Well, John dispels that error, just as Paul did, who called himself the chief of sinners. John says, we, even apostles, need an advocate with the Father. You know, John says, when you look at the apostles... You're not looking at super-Christians or wowing examples of the faith. There are no showcase Christians, no museum exhibit Christians. 
living above sin, never ever soiling their feet. There was only one who was tempted in all points, yet without sin, and he is your advocate. All the rest of us, we are we are sinners. Our hands are dirty, our feet are soiled. We're saved because we're washed in the blood of the Lamb, and our sins are blotted out, we know, and to God be the glory for that. We're not museum exhibits, we're testimonies to the fact that Jesus Christ can save and transform a life. It's not just you who has an advocate. We all need our advocate. First century apostles and 21st century believers. Number two, the Bible does not say not had an advocate, but have an advocate. Not had, but still have an advocate. Not that we one time had an advocate, but rather we still have him today. Now, it's not that God or the Lord Jesus says, What? You've sinned that sin again? That's too many times. That's it. That was your last chance to have me as your representative with the Father. You're on your own. No, he is constantly lives to intercede for us without ceasing. Isn't that wonderful? Were you aware that Je- were you constantly aware all day today of Christ's intercession for you? I wasn't. But even when we were unaware, his intercessory work went on. Even when we're ungrateful, even when we sin over and over, he is faithful to represent us without without ceasing. What an encouragement that is. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25 And then there's Romans 8.34 Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. This is the basis for his saying, who is he that condemneth? It's Christ is making intercession for us. Now, no human, no no person on planet Earth would ever put up with you as a client. Or me as a client, not for all eternity. And, and by the way, we didn't hire Jesus Christ. We could never afford to pay for him. Christ took up our cause without cost and freely laid down his life for us. But if we had an earthly advocate, they'd have dropped us long ago with our ups and downs, with our dishonesty, with our hypocrisy, with our insults, our repeated offenses, and unthankfulness and disrespect. I've had someone recently call me and say, uh, someone who's not at our church, just say, Pastor Lang, I'm in the area, I need a, a recommendation as a lawyer. I've got a lawyer, but they're not communicating with me. Well, do you communicate with your advocate on a regular basis? An earthly advocate would have dropped us just for lack of communication. No, all we, all of us, are sinners. Our sins provoke our heavenly advocate. They would provoke an earthly advocate to say goodbye and good riddance to you as a client. But our advocate, Jesus Christ, never slumbers nor sleeps, but represents us day in and day out. We are saved by grace and represented by his grace. He is our advocate gratis. Number one, he's an advocate for first century apostles and 21st century believers. Number two, not had, but we still have an advocate. Number three, he not only is an advocate, but is ours. 
He not only is an advocate, but is ours. You don't notice it says, we have an advocate. He's yours. He's mine. It's not that he's available. No, no. He's already at work. You don't have to wait for office hours. You don't have to play phone tag. I, I, in the past 72 hours, I have a friend that I've called back and forth with him. I've called him and missed him. He's called me and missed him eight times. You don't have to play phone tag with Jesus. He's still taking clients if you're not saved. You need to be saved today. You must be born again. But once you have him as your Savior, he is also your advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who keeps you secure. I I love this fact that he is, I am his, and he is mine, and nothing can separate us. The story is told of William Guthrie, a preacher back in the 1600s, who was kicked out of his pulpit for preaching truth. In 1662, three years later in 1665, his health broke completely. He was in horrendous pain. And the attacks of pain came so strongly, he had to be physically held down by his friends. He was heard to say, with pain coming from between gritted teeth, Though I should die out of my mind, I know I shall die in the Lord. What was he saying? Pain may put me out of my mind, but it cannot put me out of my Lord. Aren't you glad that that nothing can separate us from the love of God, and that he will never leave us nor forsake us, and that he ever liveth to make intercession for us, and that no sin we commit removes him from his job and occupation. Number four, our advocate is our friend. And not a cold DA. Our advocate is our friend and not a cold defense attorney. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. John fifteen fifteen. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. You know, it's amazing. This word, advocate, does not mean just technically a defense attorney. It means more generally and more often in the use of that day of John the Apostle, just someone who comes alongside, who has your best interest in mind. Not a cold DA, but a friend. You don't have to remind your advocate what your name is from day to day or what your occupation is. Like you go into the doctor and he says, where do you work? And you remember, you asked me that last time. You don't have to remind your advocate of what your sicknesses are, what medications you take, what your temptations are and troubles. When you sin, you have not a prosecutor with the Father. It doesn't say that. Not a police officer with the Father. He is your advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. This is, it's wonderful. He is Jesus Christ who tells you, as he did someone else long ago, go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Neither the Father nor the Son are sick and tired of you, child of God. He's not on the verge of condemning you. He was the one who tells us through Paul the Apostle, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. We may be surrounded by voices, maybe a condemning conscience, 
Maybe the law condemns us. But listen to the voice of the word of God and of your advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. And last of all, number five, we have an advocate with who? We have an advocate with who? The Father. That sounds like family. We have an advocate with the Father. Now, John's not writing to lost people. He's writing to people who God is their Father. When we were lost sinners, we should have trembled. Rarely did we. We should have trembled because we had a judge. Um, The fact is, we were condemned already. But we fled to our Savior, Jesus Christ, and received his cleansing blood and his righteousness. And now we're safe from the wrath of God. And we're informed that not only are we accepted into God's favor, but we're brought into his family. Isn't, isn't it amazing? I love First John. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Our family of God's status is not in jeopardy. It's not pending. We're not on probation. We are children of God. The Father is not reluctant, reluctant to bless us or to forgive us, even when our faith is small. The, the, the prodigal son is a great story told by the Lord Jesus. And you know, the father in the story of the prodigal son represented God. The father was not waiting over the horizon for his son to return with a rod in hand to thrash him. He was ready to run and to receive him and rejoice with him with steak and potatoes cooking and feasting. He says, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. What an encouragement that we have an advocate with our Father. Our advocate, going in reverse, point number four, is our friend. Number three, he is our advocate. He's ours. Number two, not had, we still have him. And he's an advocate, not just for first century apostles, but for children of God today. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changes. The story is told of Faith Cook. By Faith Cook, excuse me, about Ruth Clark. Ruth was a domestic servant of Henry Venn, a preacher. And Ruth was converted by the pastor's wife, Mrs. Venn, uh, when Mrs. Venn was dying and on her deathbed. And then Mr. Venn died, and the servant, Ruth Clark of the household, became the servant of the Venn's daughter, Years and years ago, of course, and so loved was she that when when Ruth, the servant, was dying, Ruth, uh, the the Venn's daughter personally attended to the servant. And at age 64, this servant, Ruth Clark, was run over by a horse and carriage in the streets of England. And Henry Venn, his daughter, taking care of the, the servant, Ruth, Ven's daughter asked the servant, Do you have any doubts now that you're dying? Are you, you, any doubts about heaven? And Ruth Clark said, No, no doubts. I have no rapturous feelings. But he who has loved me all my life through will not forsake me now. What's the translation of that? What's she saying? She's saying, 
He is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. What is she saying? He ever liveth and will continue to to take care of me now on my last day. Friend, if you're saved, it is a wonderful encouragement to have an advocate who ever lives to intercede for you. He is your high priest. He is at the right hand of God. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. Not just an advocate for apostles, but for you today. Not for super-Christians, but for regular folk. He is yours. Oh, it's a day to be aware of him and be grateful to him and thank him for being our advocate. There's no office hours. You don't play phone tag. He's still taking clients. He's the friend of sinners. And he is the advocate with your father. If you're saved, you're safe. And it is a wonderful thing to have such a father. Father in heaven, we turn to you today and we thank you for having given us yourself and your son to, to intercede for us and for ever live, his ever living to intercede for us. And it causes us to love you and him all the more. Thank you for how your son is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. May those under the hearing of the voice of Scripture today, may they turn to their advocate and cry out and be have sin, the sin, sin free, sins forgiven, cleansed by the blood, nothing between their soul and their Savior, rejoicing in their advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, who ever liveth for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Good night.